Hi, Mama. I cannot wait to jump in with you today. We are digging further into restoration theory. I hope you loved the first episode where we, we just barely scratched the surface of where we're going to go with it. So I think you're going to love today's content. It's so practical, so useful. I can't wait to teach you some things. Uh, we're going to talk about how we cope, what that looks like. I'll tell you what that means in a minute. First, I just want, I have a huge announcement for all of you. I am offering coaching, one-on-one coaching, and I am so excited. I really think a lot of this content can be confusing having to walk through it by yourself, and I do hope I can, you know, do a good job exploring it with you on the podcast. But if you really want to use this stuff, if you want to have a tool for the rest of your life, if you want to go deeper with this, grab a coaching session. I have very limited number of spots. I'm going to be utilizing restoration theory along with uh, inner healing work and prayer and wisdom. Uh, If you'd like to just focus on the restoration theory, we can also do that. But if you are just sick of feeling like you're just trying to get through the day and you don't understand some of the patterns in your life, why do you keep acting this way? Why do you always feel that way? Why does your relationship always look like this? If you want to get some clarity on what is going on and have a a clear understanding of the problem, grab a session. It is for you. I really believe that I can help you find some breakthrough in those areas. And once you grab hold of that understanding about what's going on, that really sets you up to begin changing those patterns. But you have to have that clear understanding first. And without that, you cannot move on. So if you're finding yourself stuck on any of these topics, if you're, you know, using what I'm, what I'm teaching you, but just not, not quite sure if you have it right, sessions. You can go to the show notes. There's going to be a link for you to click. Sign up. The spots are very limited. So grab one of those now while they're available. And I'm really excited to walk with you through that. I think that you are really going to benefit from it. So check out the show notes. I would love to hear your story and help you in a deeper capacity. All right, well, let's jump into today's content. Welcome to the Morning Mama podcast, where it is time to wake up to the life you were created for. Come join me on a journey to heal from your past, craft a healthy, joy-filled life, and discover the gifts and passions inside of you that the world needs. Hi, I'm Brittany, a former marriage and family therapist who is ready to help you grab hold of your courage, step out in faith, and discover that your life can become more than you ever dreamed possible. This is Morning Mama, a place for you to throw off all that has been holding you back and run into true freedom. Okay, so more restoration theory. Just as a reminder, I did not create this theory. Uh, One of my professors from Fuller Seminary is the one that created this. He is an amazing marriage and family therapist. He's a doctor of marriage and family therapy. And he has studied with all of the big marriage and family therapists. So he seriously knows his stuff. And there are a whole slew of restoration therapists that are available to work with you. If you are finding that this is bringing up tons of childhood stuff, maybe we're talking about trauma, some of the deeper stuff, or if you just know you're ready to jump into therapy, I highly recommend going to the restoration therapy website. You can find it in the show notes. And even if there's not a restoration therapist in your area, these days, almost 
every therapist does telehealth after our last year. And so I, I bet you a lot of them would be available to do telehealth with you, even if there's not one in your area. There's also some amazing books that go into all of this content at a much deeper level. I did not write those either, obviously, but I will I'll link all of that to you in the show notes. So much good content. I am obsessed with this theory and, and I'm excited to share more of it with you today. Okay, so the last episode, we left off talking about our childhood pain. I walked you through the different aspects, the different components we need to be fully healthy, to be fully whole. And we also talked about how it's impossible because as as humans, we are being raised by humans. And so we're going to get wounded along the way. It doesn't matter how great of a parent you are, how great of a parent your parents were, we're going to get wounded along the way. And so then this is this is where it leaves us. And we are digging into our wounds, not for a second to express blame in any capacity. We're not here for that, right? We're all humans. We all mess up. And so looking at these wounds, it's not to say like, wow, parents, you know, you really screwed up here. This is so that we can understand why we do what we do. Why do we have these destructive patterns in our lives? Why do we struggle with depression, with anxiety, with overwhelm with all of these things, what is at the core of it? Because I really believe you're not going to be able to change the patterns until you understand the core. You know, a lot of people talk about coping skills, and we'll talk about those in here as well. But those are just scratching the surface. Those are just helping you deal with the pain that's existing. And then, you know, even medication can be so helpful for some people. But again, that's just helping you get through. That's not addressing the root. It's like weeds, right? If you just pull up the top, they're just going to keep growing. You got to dig up the roots. And so that's what we're doing here is we're digging up the roots. It's like almost, I use this analogy a lot, but it's like if you had a brain tumor and it gave you headaches every day and maybe you took ibuprofen or some kind of painkiller to tackle those headaches and and say it worked. So that's great. Your headaches are gone, but that tumor is still there and that tumor is just going to keep growing until you address it. And so that's why we're going into this stuff. That's why we bother to look back at our childhood stuff to go a little bit deeper is because we want to address the root of what is going on in our lives because otherwise we're just managing the pain. That is never going to bring us the full healing that God has for us. So again, last week we talked about our childhood wounds and what that looks like. And and that can be a really painful journey to to look at that and remember those moments and to really come face to face with what you experienced. Today is a different kind of pain. We are going to begin looking at our own destructive behavior, what we do when we're in pain, because that is exactly what happens when our brain encounters pain Now, the brain cannot distinguish between emotional pain and physical pain, so pain is pain. And when our brains get activated by some kind of threat, now this could be a perceived threat or a real threat, but when our brain registers that there could be a potential for pain, it goes into fight or flight mode. A lot of you, probably most of you have heard of this. So just as if you saw a bear in the forest, and your fight or flight mode was activated, the same goes when you perceive 
emotional pain coming your way. So this was as a child, this is now, and we'll talk about how those patterns stay consistent across our lifespan. But this threat causes our brain to act from the reptilian part of our brain. So this is like core functioning. And so this is when we either have a fight response where we, you know, go and fight the bear, probably not wise, or we have a a flight response. We flee from the danger. We flee from the bear. Now the same goes with emotional pain. And just like our brain can't tell the difference between physical threat or an emotional threat, it also can't tell the difference between a small conflict or a large conflict. So this this fight or flight mode is getting activated in your life all of the time without you realizing it. And once once you hear all of this, I think you're going to start to look at your day a little bit differently. You're going to start recognizing, oh, wow, I just got triggered with some pain and I am in my coping response. I'm in my fight or flight mode. So with an emotional response, we're going to break down the fight or flight mode a little bit more to show you what responses we generally have when that gets activated. So we tend to respond to emotional pain in four different ways. So the first is to blame. So this is, that means it's everyone else's fault. We're not going to take responsibility for anything. It's outward focused those those people are the problem. This is part of that fight response. And then the opposite is a shame response. So this is taking on everything as your own fault. No one else is at fault. It's you. You are messed up. You are wrong. There is something about you that isn't right. It's taking it all inward. And this would be a flight response. The next is a control response. So again, this is a part of a fight response. So this is telling everyone what to do and feeling like you are the only one that has the right answers. I think you can imagine what control looks like. And the fourth one is an escape response. So this is obviously a flight response. So this can be many things. Um, This can, this is a lot of addictions. So drugs, alcohol, TV, food, whatever it is, it's this escape response where you're trying to escape from the problem, trying to get away from it. Now, that's more of a metaphorical escape, but it also could mean literally like fleeing from a conflict. So, you know, maybe this is you if you get in your car and drive away in the middle of a fight with your husband. So I want you to start thinking about yourself and how you normally respond to uncomfortable situations, conflict, you know, even as a child, what this looked like. Start thinking about where do you fall within these? And now we can do one or two of these, and we can also do all four. So I have like three primary ones that I do. Some people just have one that they stick to all the time, and they do different variations of it. But where do you fall within this? So there's blame, shame, control, and escape. Now I'm going to map out some more categories within those. Um, if you want those spelled out for you, go into the show notes. There's going to be a link that you can subscribe to updates and there's going to be a downloadable form with all of the different ways that we cope. They all fall under these four categories, but sometimes it helps to see them kind of delineated a little bit more. And I didn't come up with this list. This is from my training in restoration theory. 
So our brain's main job is to protect itself. That is why fight or flight is part of our brain. That's why it gets activated so easily. Our brain wants to protect itself. It does not like pain. Our brains are also really lazy. So our brains like the path of least resistance. Our brains do the same thing over and over. Research has found that people do one thing in a hundred different ways, not that they do a hundred different things. And so the best predictor for what you're going to do next is what you did last time. So one example of this that I love, I like have always clung to this because it's so fascinating to me. I learned it in one of my restoration theory trainings is that most people have a vocabulary of 14,000 to 16,000 words. Okay. A lot of words. However, 80% of language we use only know about 15,000 words, but most of the time, 80% of the time, we only use 118 of those words. And so that's just what, like really people in mind trains get created from repeating the same things over and over. And so that makes our behaviors continue consistently across time because these neural pathways are created. And we're going to go a lot more into these neural pathways and actually how to begin changing them. We're not going to go there today, but I want you to know that's coming. But we start doing these same things over and over and they become our automatic response. So we are now doing these things without even thinking about it. So this is what happens. We have this pain trigger and the fight or flight in our brain gets activated and we move into our coping. So whether that's blaming or shaming or controlling or escaping. And I just think this is so helpful to think about it this way because one for ourselves, like understanding, okay, like this is why I struggle to make the right decisions. You know, this is encased in my brain. And I I believe this is a part of sin. This is part of how we keep choosing sin again and again. It's our, in our human nature to choose that. And it's in, wired in our brains to choose that. Now, this also can help us just create like a little bit more empathy for other people. And we will go a lot more into this because you have to remember your husband or your boss or your mom They are not being a jerk to be a jerk. They're doing it because they have a pain trigger and they're coping with that, with their pain response. And these coping responses, they at one time served us well. So as an example, when we were kids, say, you know, maybe we felt unsafe because our parents were fighting or arguing. And so we we heard that. And to protect ourselves, our brain said, okay, go, go hide. And so we went into the closet or our bedrooms and found something to read or something to play with so that we wouldn't have to just be face to face with this pain that was just making us feel worse and worse. And so we learned to, to hide, to withdraw. Now we, our brains kept doing that again and again, because it found that that helped us. It, it diverted pain. But fast forward into being an adult and say our husband is just being a little impatient. He's in a bad mood. He had a bad day at work. Maybe he raises his voice a little. Maybe he's just a little short. Whatever it is, it triggers that pain in our minds and our brain goes to the fight or flight response and we go to this withdrawal. 
we want to run away. We shut down. So whether we're withdrawing and fleeing proverbially, or we actually just go into another room, we are doing this, but it's not actually helping us because we're not actually talking about what's going on with our husbands. We're not trying to resolve that conflict. And we'll go in more next week about how our response most likely is going to trigger our husband or whoever it is even further. And while that's not our responsibility, it's also only contributing destruction to our relationships. That is part of this coping and why we really want to work to change it is because when we cope from a place of pain, it's only going to lead to destruction in our relationships. Okay, so I know this is a lot of information. I'm going to try fleshing it out a little bit with examples from my own life so you can have a little bit of a better understanding of this. So my three ways of responding to pain are to get angry, to control, or to escape. So you've heard a lot about my anger, right? This is a, a blaming response, a fight response. And I just want to touch on how it's something that we feel. It's something that we do. And so what it looks like for me to get angry is I yell. I am mean with my words. I said like in the past have thrown things like it gets really dramatic up in here. Praise God. He's healed me from a lot of that. But that is through so much work using these tools, using prayer, using uh, just God's power. So my brain is beginning to get rewired, but it has taken so much time and effort as well as God's supernatural healing. But it's it's been a journey for sure. And, and I still have that instinct is to jump to anger. And with this one, especially, you can see how this has stayed true across my lifespan, right? I talked about how I acted in this anger with my parents, and then it moved to my roommates, and then now it's been with my husband. And so this anger has stayed consistent in how I have responded to pain throughout my lifetime. And I believe that when you look at your life, you're going to find something similar, most likely. You're going to see that the ways that you have coped have remained the same regardless of your situations, regardless of the people to some extent. Remember, because I also talk about how this anger only shows up in those people that I really feel safe with, the people that I, I live with, essentially, like it was my parents when I lived with them, then it was my roommates that I lived with, and that's my husband. And so, you know, that pain response looks a little bit different with people that I don't live with. But if you look at like a similar category, people you live with, how do you, how have you always responded with them? How have you responded to people across your lifespan? Okay. So my second one is control. So for me, this looks like a lot of manipulation, honestly, like I have this way of manipulating the situation with my words or my actions. And it, it happens so subconsciously. Most of the time, I don't even realize I'm doing it until I recognize, oh my gosh, I am in my pain response right now. And then I can work to shut that down. But it also comes out in more subtle things than manipulation. It comes out in just believing like I am the only right one. This, you know, lends to like an issue with pride and, you know, kind of just thinking that I'm the, I in this marriage know exactly how it should be done and you should follow my guidelines and what I think is best in this marriage. And it also can look even like people pleasing. So I 
have struggled with people pleasing for a lot of my life, just like really needing to be liked, really wanting people just to see me in, in one light. And so this, this can tend to control when I get triggered, when I feel unsafe and don't know if people, how they feel about me, I can just go into that people pleasing mode and just give. And that's kind of when I've also ended up creating these unbalanced relationships at times where I'm just pouring and pouring and pouring into these people and not receiving like a reciprocal relationship back because I, that's my way of controlling it. Like if I just pour into you, then you have to like me (laughs) or at least there's like a much better odds of it happening. And so it, it allows me to control the situation. This also can be part of my perfectionism you know, wanting to control the situation and even just part of my anxiety that I get anxious when I feel out of control. And we'll, we'll go more into feeling out of control next week, next episode. All right. And then the third way that I cope is that I tend to escape. So this looks like a few different things for me. I jump to this feeling of hopelessness so fast, kind of like I go into this this space of like depression and hopelessness that I kind of just give up. Like it's my way of like getting out. It's like, well, it's, it's just over, you know? And it is, it's an escape in the sense that I am no longer engaging in that conflict anymore. I'm just, just giving up. In the past, this has also looked like you know, my, I talked before about having thoughts about wanting to die. And that is where this comes from. You know, everyone's if, if you've experienced suicidal thoughts, it might not be from this same place, but I know for some people that is where this come from comes from. It's like this easier way out. Like, okay, I, I, I don't know what to do with this. It's, it's so excruciating. I just want to die. I, I just don't even want to be here anymore. And so that is where for me that those thoughts came from is just this way of coping through escape. Now I also can so easily fall into um, like numbing behaviors that can, can tend towards addictions, you know, like Netflix, like even food, sometimes wine. It's like these numbing things that I choose when I, when I don't want to deal with what's happening. Now, I don't believe any of those have an addiction over my life currently, but in, in the past, there have been different things that I have chosen that have been addictions. And I also know that all of those things I have to keep a really careful watch on because they can so easily fall back into that pattern if I'm not careful. So I was talking actually about this last night. If I start feeling any of those things are starting to fall into that category, I give them up for a time and I kind of refresh myself and like just help myself know that I am not dependent on those things and just kind of like restart with them. Social media, for example, I talk all the time, at least in the Facebook group, about how terrible I am about social media. And that's because for the good part of the last decade, I have not been on it. I I don't know the things. I don't know how to work things. But I've done that because it was uh, this numbing thing for me. I would just scroll and I wouldn't like engage with people. So there was no benefit to it. It was just this numbing behavior that became so addictive. And so for the most part, I just was off of it for years at a time because I didn't want that in my life. Okay. So for me, this is, this is how I cope. Now I do these three things, maybe in different ways, but I do these three things. This is how I cope. So for the most part, 
These are the things, the only things you're going to find me doing when I'm in my pain response. Now, I want you to look. What are your things? What are your top three, maybe four, but probably three things that you do again and again and again in different relationships, in different seasons? These have been true of you. Now, you're probably going to need to look at the full list. You know, these are all derived from the primary four, right? Which is blame, shame, control, and escape. But breaking them down further is going to be really helpful for you. So make sure you get in the show notes, click on that link to keep subscribed to everything, and you're going to get to download this list of the full examples of these coping behaviors. I promise you, we're not just doing this to cause you more pain, because I know looking at this is not fun. You know, me talking about this with you isn't fun. I'm not proud by any means of this. You know, it's ugly. Like, this is our human nature. This is sin. This is just, you know, stuff you don't want to look at. So, I don't expect for this to be a fun part of the process for you, but I really believe it's important. Like we talked about in the beginning, it's really going to help you dig up the root. So next week, I'm going to give you another piece of the puzzle to pair with this, and I'm going to help you start piecing together how to get out of this. We're not just going to stop with understanding. That's only the beginning, but we're going to, I'm going to help you take that understanding and shift it into some active steps that you can take to move out of these patterns. They don't have to continue to exist. And that, that's the good news I forgot to mention. You probably heard, but our brains are plastic. That means they're malleable. That means they can be changed. God created us in a way that he allows us to change the patterns in our mind. And it even talks about this in the Bible. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And so that's exactly what I'm going to teach you to do is to renew your mind and you are going to begin to get out of these patterns. And when you team up with these tools and this understanding and you pair it with the power of the Holy Spirit, oh man, things are gonna change. So I I can't wait to dig in further so I can start giving you these tools to create this change for you to get out of the rut of these patterns in your life. Praying over you today, mama. I can't wait to see what God is gonna do inside of you. If you found hope and inspiration in today's episode, then hit subscribe. Make sure you don't miss a moment on this journey of healing. Want to help more mamas enter into the hope and freedom you have found? Please take a moment to leave a review. This helps so much to get Morning Mama seen so that more mamas can find this space. Lastly, please come say hi in our Facebook group, Morning Mama Collective. I would love to meet you and learn your story. Let me know where you're getting stuck in your healing journey so that you can help inspire more episodes. I am so grateful for you, Mama, and I cannot wait to see all that God has in store for you.